This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the uh, special edition of the show that we like to call In Off The Post, where uh, me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, him over there, Jonathan Kidd, will read through uh, the mailbag, the uh, emails uh, that many of you send in every week to amuse and entertain us and give us some insight. And as, as always, there's loads to go through tonight. But uh, There's a crammed sack, isn't there? There's a bit of a, a full sack, JK. Yeah, it's full. Crammed, a full, full crammed sack. Yeah, it is. Full it's, sack. it's so full. This is going to be like a two-header. So we're going to do this on Monday as well, I think, and do the rest of them. Because I think uh, if 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 we miss a week, this is what happens. They all build up. But there you go. How are you? Uh, I'm managing, thanks, Chidge, a bit poorly, but with a bad chest. Get it, you know, a couple of times a year. But you know, just have to deal with it and. Uh... Uh, yeah, yes. Know, a bit. If I if I fade away in the middle of this, you'll understand. Well, I will, but I I, I think I might fade away before you. I, I I've been feeling like the proverbial pile of shit. All I've been in bed for most of this week. You've got a very bunged up nose, oh, mate. I just, I'm blowing fucking Christ knows why out of my nose at the moment. It's not happy at all. But uh, we shall see what we can do because uh, we have to give the people what they want. So there we go. Right. Uh, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Every Monday and Friday at 7.30pm or there or thereabouts by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com, where, of course, you can join in all the chat by posting on the live chat page. And you can also follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple and all good podcast platforms, and make sure you leave us a glowing five-star review. Um, and also, if you want to do something else, you can uh, you can sign up to our 
Patreon website, uh, which uh, really is a vehicle for you to bung us money every month. It's that simple. Uh, just really to show a bit of gratitude, really, if you like what we do. Uh, there's no pressure. I, I love you all equally, whether you do or you don't. Uh, if you want to, um, it is patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and if you do sign up, you will be entitled to a mini Kerry Dixon banner, uh, if you let me have your address, and uh, you will join our Discord group, which is like a kind of a uh, like a WhatsApp slash Twitter but really private. It's just for you lot who who sign up and want to take part. It's a bit like Mixler 24-7. It's great fun. Good people in there. And uh, I'd just like to say thank you for all the people who have recently signed up to Patreon. There's been a whole whole spate of them recently. It's lovely to have you on board, and I appreciate it very much. So there we go. Right, so there we go. Uh, JK, you have the uh, honour of the first email, I believe. Oh, Chidge, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. From Grayson Summit which is uh, one of the top names, if you'll very pardon good name, me. Very good name. Pardon my uh, <clears throat> uh, mountainous. Um, good morning, Chidgen. Duke of Kid. Duke, 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 Duke of Kid. The sun's not up yet here in Lake Tahoe, fittingly, after that dark Chelsea performance. I woke up at 3 a.m., made a fire, put the kettle on, fed the cats fish and chips for the 4.30 a.m. kickoff. May I say the cats are well fed. All this just to see the ball passed side to side and bleak finishing on a rare opportunity in front of goal. As I think this is a letter, this is a mail before our our renaissance yeah. recently. They go back that far. This is Brentford he's talking about, isn't far. it? This is indeed, indeed in Brentford, Brentford. But, you know, um, Grayson, I admire your pessimism like mine, but um, things have moved on. Anyway, over a billion pounds of, or dollars spent on this squad, yet we still have the same problem. Problems, same shit, different shovel. Agree completely with you, mate. This is football, not rocket science. We all know the lesser teams are going to park the bus because we can't break them down, but we don't do anything about it. Agreed. I still think this is a still a problem with the team, even though we've done better the last two games. Poch, Potter and Tuchel all fell into the same trap. We don't play to our strengths. It's about time we recognise this and act accordingly. I see three different styles of play, dominant possession with a bus parked, open play or a firm defence with counter-attacks. Most of the lesser teams put us in the weakest of these styles where we concede possession and they park the bus. Yes, West Ham being an example, Nottingham Forest being an example. We don't have a target striker to attack crosses. No, we don't. We are forced into taking. Don't have enough technical players to succeed in these tight spaces. Palmer, Enzo, Reese and Thiago. And the only players I feel are class enough to succeed in tight spaces. Well, you are not wrong, my dear chap. Um, Mudrick, Nico, Raz, Broya all work better with space to play in. Um, true, true. I actually think, um, uh, yeah, Mud- Mudrick likes a bit of a run. Well, he creates space, though, doesn't he? Because he's such a quick runner. Nico is uh, a work in progress, to say the least. Um, but has, but surprisingly, has how many goals he got, Chidge? Five. So he got five goals, I think. You know, yeah, yeah. Because considering, you know, all of the dreadful centre forwards never scored at all, and even Torres never scored. Um, uh, for ages and ages, at least you've got to give it that Nico has scored a hat trick and he's scored other goals as well. Um, Broya um, uh, came on and got the pen the other day. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself because we're talking about Brentford. Um, who's Raz? Oh yeah, uh, Raheem. Sorry, I, I'm, I think of him as Gillette. Um, clearly, this style of play hasn't worked before, nor is it working now. The upper echelons teams don't park the bus. That's the match is open. You're right, and we thrive absolutely, even when we're not as good as our opponent. Well, I think. 
we were the other day. The open play gives us many more opportunities to score a goal. So how do we create this against the lesser low block teams? Here's an idea. Shoot the fucking ball from outside the box as opposed to passing from side to side. Yes, you, we are both converts, uh, Chidge and I, about the let's have a shot for a change. If we don't score, fine, but a long shot can create many more opportunities than passing side to side. First, the long shot can create an opportunity when the keeper parries the ball away and we poach an easy goal. Second, the keeper makes the save, so they take possession. It opens up the pitch. We can win the ball back with our dominant midfield and defence. Now there's space to attack quickly with our players like Woodrick, Nico and Raz, uh, Raheem, uh, Gillette, that only thrive in these open spaces. The last style of play is to park our own defensive bus and counter-attack. Fuck that shit. We're Chelsea. We don't play timid football. Agree with you completely. Um, long story short, the team needs to shoot the ball with confidence whenever there's space. Stop getting sucked into the monotony of comfortable side-to-side -side possession. Love you guys. Up the Chelsea. Cheers, Andrew. P.S. J.K. Trust the process. Ooh. Well, I've got a bit more happier, haven't I, uh, Chidge, since... Uh, since the brilliance of Spurs and the excellence of City, City, so uh, I'm beginning to trust it more because um, you can see you can see that not only is there a tunnel, you can see some light there. Whereas before we were just farting about in the dark, weren't we? So, uh, but yeah, a nice mail, nice mail, mate, nice mail. Grayson, Grayson Summit, but he's called Andrew. I don't know why that is, unless I fucked up somewhere along the line, which is uh, <clears throat> highly likely. Is he called Andrew Grayson Summit? If, in which case, it's one of the great names. It really is. I have no idea. I'd have to go back right. to the email. I'd have to go back to source. Let's to find call him out. Grayson. Let's call him Grayson and presume Andrew is an error. Indeed. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, uh, a week is a long time in football. That's all I can say, because that, that week after the Brentford match uh, changed everything, in my view, and... Uh, we're all much happier as a result. But, of course, as we were saying, I think, uh, last week, the, the real test now will come against when we play somebody shit. And if they, you know, part the bus, what are we going to do? But uh, I, th I think they don't shoot against a defence that's got 10 people in it because they just don't see a clear way through. But, uh, you yeah. know, if you don't buy a ticket, you, uh, you know, you can't have a ride, can you? So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Good email. The impression though. I got from watching City is the speed... Yeah, they 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 get they avoid defenses. They manage to get through defenses just by passing the yeah. ball more quickly than anybody else. You know, it's that aspect of but it. But the thing is, against a, a low block side, they're already behind. You know, ten of them are already behind the ball. Well, they they still do that. So you don't they, have that space to go past them. Well, they they do manage to get to the byline a lot, don't they? To the, the the goal line and just pass the ball backwards to the edge of the area, which always seems to create yeah. complete mayhem and something that we rarely ever do, you know. So I mean, I don't I don't think you can play through um, a side which is you know, as I said, it's got ten men behind the ball. I think your only hope is to go wide and get crosses in. Yeah. Um, but even that's not easy because there'll be plenty of people in there to defend it, and if they've got bigger defenders than you have attackers, then it's still a problem. I always go back. To that uh, legendary match in the in the in the Camp Nou, uh, you know where, where where Ramirez scores that goal and uh, and then Torres and we we go through to the Champions League final, but we played with ten ten men, and uh, we kept Barcelona out by just playing a low block, and they kept on trying to play through us, and they couldn't because there were too many of us in there. But they never went wide because they don't play that way. They don't play with a big number nine who they can cross the ball to. So you know, I think I think it's it, it, if any Chelsea fans just go back and watch that game. 
You know, we defended brilliantly, yes, but, you know, they couldn't play through us. So we need to go wide, which also means you need to have a big lump, to, you know, who, who's going to get on the end of the ball. Which we don't have. Which we don't have. So there we go. Right. That's a debate that will go on and on, I fear. Right. David Flotzer. Hello, Lord Chidge and Jonathan of Kid. Oh, medieval. I love it. Uh, one of the last emails I wrote was back in Lampard's first managerial season in charge. We had this blissful feeling of academy players coming through, a squad of players who you rarely doubted wanted to play for Chelsea, uh, a legend former player leading the charge. Chelsea was becoming something new and exciting. Fast forward just four years and Chelsea seems something completely different. Owners who are now more concerned with saving a few dollars in operations than sending dedicated fans on a bus to games. Let's not even think what would happen if another lockdown scenario occurred. Spending over a billion dollars and still not having a forward who can score a goal or two games in a row. Sorry, who can score a goal two games in a row. Thinking Christmas Eve is is a prime TV slot as to not lose viewers on Boxing Day. No international captains outside Silver who is still outstanding on the team. No forwards who look like they can change the game with a flick of their foot or head. No set-piece takers who threaten a goal. No goal-scoring midfielder. Everything that was the Chelsea identity to me growing up, 29 now, has seemingly gone away. Growing up in Dallas as a Cowboys fan, the last Super Bowl we went to was 1996. Today, they're worth $9.2 billion, living off their title of America's team. I can count the number of playoff wins I've seen on my hands. Big epic stadium for all sorts of events to host, and as long as we kind of compete and sell merchandise, Jerry Jones couldn't be happier. This isn't Chelsea as we knew it last year, 10 or even 20 years ago. This squad is entirely new, and we'll have to find a way to love it. We've experienced a 20-year honeymoon period, essentially. Every year watching your team pull out trophy after trophy is intoxicating. It's a stretch both foreign and domestic that may never be replicated in English football for a long time. But that's not why I love Chelsea. I can watch the game with my friends and bond over it. That will remain longer than any owner or manager. That This is why we love this podcast. Dean did a wonderful job covering for Chidge. It was a different fancast feeling for sure, but I still loved it. Chelsea is so much more than the results, but they certainly help. As it pertains to the field of play, this is the phase of development you could call growing pains. Many of the players we have now are in their first full season in the Premier League and extremely young. Most of these guys are still growing into their bodies, much less have a fully developed brain. Uh, Now they've got good paychecks, uh, play for a top club and have endless frustration on social media from our fans. Tremendous amounts of social, professional and emotional baggage to handle for young men to handle as a group. Players like James, Chilwell, Silver and Sterling must be taking on a lot of responsibilities on showing how to remain a professional in this environment. But those are really are only four players on the field who provide a level of comfort and experience when they on the field, uh, two, of those out con- two of those out consistently injured. And we are paying the price dearly on the field. I did a very rough calculation of Premier League minutes of our Chelsea squad versus Brentford. Chelsea has four players with more than 3,000 minutes. Silver, Gallagher, Sterling, Cucurella. And Brentford have eight, including Flecken, Roslev, Visser. Total minutes were Chelsea close to 45,000. Sterling is 26,000 of those. Brentford close to 70,000. This is the biggest difference that I saw in this most recent game. We dominated for 30 minutes. 
best chances, had them pinned back and were playing aggressively. Should have scored at least one. However, we cannot buy a forward who can score. That's Potch's fault, apparently. Brentford, after 30 minutes, got their composure back, something you get with so many games played and a manager for five years. We have no subs to impact the game and attack right now, so it had to be a set-piece or a penalty. Sterling's appeal is denied, and we concede a set-piece from a throw-in. Sterling failed us on Saturday, far from his decent start to the year. Uh, for three hundred twenty-five grand a week, he cannot have these off days. Most experienced players on the pitch, skying shot. Most experienced player on the pitch, skying shots, having five-yard touches in the box, and heading the ball backwards doesn't fill your young players with confidence. Brentford aren't a terrible side either. They've more points against the top six in twenty twenty-three than anyone else except Arsenal. Yes, better than City, Liverpool, Newcastle, or whoever else you think is a good team. It's about time we accept that we have an extremely average squad right now. Potential to be good in a couple of years, but we have to get our team collective minutes up before we find any sustainable success. This is the least amount of PL minutes a Chelsea side has had in over 20 years, and it's one of our worst starts. Surprising? No. Is it fun to lose? No. Pochettino isn't blameless, but if you think guys like Enzo, James, Chilwell, Colwell, Gallagher will want to stick around if they fire their fourth manager in less than two years in a currently mid-table side, you've got another thing coming. This year, progress will take time. It will be non-linear and streaky, and without a doubt extremely painful. Keep in mind these young men will forever remember how this feels, both in and off the pitch. We can back them and push them for the best, or moan and complain that they can't hold a candle to our best teams ever. Love the show and everything you do for Chelsea, both on and off the pod. Up the Chelsea. David L. from Discord. Well, I mean, you know, again, JK, written in the gloom after Brentford. Um, but I, th- I have to say, I think, I think, you know, we now know what we know, which is we, we, we dicked Spurs and we, we went toe-to-toe with City and, and the world is a very different place. But I think his point about uh, the, the inexperience we have in this side and the youth of this side is absolutely true, and and I do think it will count against gnarly teams. But you know, I think having seen what we've seen <clears throat> in the last couple of matches, I think you know we we were sold a concept that we were going to buy lots of players, and they're all extremely talented. They're not shit, and of course we don't know because we've never seen them play. And then they're not exactly experienced. Um, I'm beginning to think, actually, we have signed an extremely talented group of players. Uh, And what they lack is is what I would call, you know, uh, flight hours. You know, they had not had enough miles around the clock yet. They haven't had enough experience. But I think because they're very talented players, maybe under a really good coach like Pochettino, they have the ability to learn quickly. And I think maybe that's what we saw against City. Because there they... was a big upward curve, wasn't there, Chich, yeah. in, after Brentford? I know Spurs are a very different side. They and, and a very different. different game, you know, very very different game because of what it signified as well, and 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 um, and the, the 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 Spurs, in fact, imploded because of the fact of the reason that because they were because of their past dreadful experiences they've had really and the um the the crowd's excessive um enthusiasm was picked up by the players who competed far too aggressively thus giving us a huge advantage but we 
we showed great steel and metal that we haven't seen for ages and ages by um, coming back after being a gold down and having the gold disallowed, um, which is something that we didn't think this team had in them. Yeah. And I thought that was a very, very um, significant moment in the season and in our appreciation of them as a team and as him of him as a manager. And it was then followed up by the City performance which is beginning to cement the feeling that actually he, he, he's got something happening here. And um, yes, everything that, everything that David has said is absolutely spot on. And it's a, it's a terrific, um, it's, it's a terrific mail, particularly with comparing the, the setup with um, the Dallas Cowboys, which of course um, is the possibility that we were all presuming might be the case if they just um, made a profit for, for existing in the Premier League. And yet, Clear Lake did say at the very beginning, we want to make this the best team in the world, which you, you have to believe, um, uh, just because they, they're, com they're competitive. And I don't think we should use American sports um, deities as, uh, as an example in this, because uh, um, I think he sees that he could make more money out of a, 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 the best. Well, I think they can see the glory associated being with a with a um, one of the top teams in the world, but also the the huge amounts of money they could make by it being the top team in the world. And they will make more money by uh, encouraging the team to play better and better with their investment. So um, uh, the fact that this is happening now is much, much quicker than we ever envisaged. But we may, of course, um, experience as we've been putting it all time in the in the fan cast um uh huge roller coaster up and down might as has been said in the previous emails might not cope with the low block um and yet we know that we can compete at a very high level with teams who come at us so um it's a great plus and has made this this week that we've had of the two games an immensely exciting one and may have just completely re uh, recharge the season one hopes so but um, uh, this is a perfect example of how we were all feeling after the Brentford game when we were suckered uh, and yet as you say Chidge two games a couple of weeks and uh, everything has everything has changed completely however of course there may be this other um, slight problem um, we, we may have to cope with which is uh, um if if they do find against us in some way over these anomalies that Abramovich was involved, financial anomalies, um, will we have the same experience as Everton have just had? Which case we will will be fighting against an enormous. Oh, we, um, we don't know about that yet. We don't know about that, but just that may be another another uh, um, another cobblestone to fall over. Well, but you know, we don't know about that. So until we know more, I don't think there's any point. Commenting. I, I mean, you know what? I, I think, as always, the truth will be somewhere in between. So, you know, I think we've seen the potential with this side in the City match. Um, but I suspect, I mean, it's interesting, actually. Glenn Hoddle was saying on, I think, Talk Sport that Chelsea have to play like that every week now because they've proven that they can. <laughs> but I don't see them being able to do that yet. I just don't. I think what we're going to get is somewhere in the middle between Brentford and City. Or, you know, you're going to get games occasionally like like you did against City and you're going to get games occasionally like you did against Brentford. But I don't know. I mean, this is the thing. We're, we're, we are very much in uncharted territory. But I, 
I mean, obviously, we ha- we like to talk about every game in isolation, and we all get upset and pissed off when we lose and we moan. But I think, um, you know, I've kind of intimated this to J.K. because J.K. gets very upset and very pissed off and does moan. But I think I think we have to really get our head into a different game because this is not the Chelsea of the last thirty years. So therefore, it is not predictable because we are in uncharted territory. Completely new team, completely new owners. Um, and there's a massive amount of unpredictability about that, but I think you know when we've got a, a bit of time. I mean, it'll be. I mean, you know, I know it's an old cliche, but let's see where we are at the end of the season. I have a suspicion that we might be pleasantly surprised, but we just don't know, and that's the beauty of football, isn't it, J.K.? And also, they're they're assessing players um, mostly from digital, from computers, aren't they? In a way that. Uh, has been very is a very new way of assessing whether a player is is excellent or not. So whether that is a um, whether that occasionally doesn't work or I don't know. I've been intrigued to see what um, what they're they're in the office, what their charts are like for players. Whether they look at a player and think he's completely underachieving, or how they've completely misassessed him, or realise that he's playing a lot better than you would ever have envisaged. I'd like to see what their charts are on um, on Connor. Yeah. who appears to have just completely started playing out but it, of his... But his stats back that up. We've we've both seen stats that, yeah. that he's our yeah. best-performing player this season, statistically. Yeah. yeah, I think I think this will be the key, what what they do with Connor, because they still haven't... He's got 14 months to go on his contract. So, you know, that needs to be signed within the next three years. Otherwise, you would say he'll be out, because that's their law. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I think we will know a lot about this club in terms of what happens to Connor, because it's clear that Connor can do it. It's clear that he's been one of the best players in the team this season. He he's the he's the uh, the metronome of the side, but he's not flashy. So, if they get rid of him, they're either doing it to make loads of money, or they think he's not good enough, which is clearly crap. Or three, they just think they can bring a world class player, and so it could go back to kind of Roman times. They'll just bring a world-class player in to replace him, saying, well, I'm sorry, but he is great, but he, we want to do better, and we want to win everything. So that's what we think we're going to do. So, you know, even that won't be clear-cut. I mean, I think I think it would be a travesty, nothing short of a travesty, if they sold Conor Gallagher. It really would be. He's not put a foot wrong this season. I agree completely. But as you say, let's see what... Um... Even let's see what evolves in the uh, the January transfer window because that'll also reveal, I think, the way their their heads are going as I well. Agree, right? Neil Spencer, mate. Neil, dear Tidge, J.K., an outstanding guest. Well, it's the imaginary outstanding guest tonight because it's just me and Chidge. Uh, dear God, I thank you for the fan cast. Yep, God has a lot to answer for. Oh, you mean dear God, thank us? We I get you. Yeah, yeah. We've been cautioned about starting to believe that we'd turned a corner and how right that sentiment is. It really is the hope that kills you. And as a Chelsea lifter, I'd made the mistake of looking forward and thinking, okay, three points against Brentford, then Spurs. <coughs> We've never been afraid of them, regardless of the media gush fest. Then who's next? Wrong. I need to learn from all those media trained footballers, because whilst they may be completely devoid of personality, they do at least tell us to focus on one game at a time. No deep analysis of club, players manager or americans but for fuck's sake brentford again 
Thanks for the weekly therapy. You do all do such an outstanding job. Cheers, boy. And up to shoot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Connecticut, Neil. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Neil. Thank you. But once again, Brentford, once again, yeah. you know, we've, uh, we've, we're rising above it. We're rising above it. Well, that was then and this is now. And that is football. You've really got to take it one game at a time. Right. This is from our, our great mate, George. George Spencer. Dear Chigi and JK, I wonder why we do this to ourselves. Just when it looked like we had turned a corner, we go and shoot ourselves in the foot by missing chance after chance before conceding two soft goals. And to make matters worse, there's that bust up between Jackson and the fan. What bust up? I don't remember that one. I don't remember that either. Okay. Does he know something we don't? I think Did he must do. Something? He must do. We missed that. He may have to write another email in telling us what it was. Okay. Right, uh, and to make a lot of that, this is the third season in a row that Brentford have won at Stamford Bridge. As Liz Truss would say, that is a disgrace. And it's only Tottenham next. It's certainly taken the shine off Winchester City's win in midweek, no game on Saturday due to the FA Trophy, in which they travelled to Merthyr and came from behind to win 2-1, with the winning goal reminiscent of Ronaldinho versus England in 2002. It was a victory not just against Merthyr, but against the Southern Southern League as well, who had made us go there in midweek for the second season running. Bloody hell, mate. Uh, a previous in off the post mentioned a Mal Augusto at right back. Does anyone know if he was from the same part of Ireland as our former owner, Ronan O'Bramovich? Very good, George. Until next time, up the chills, George Spencer. Um, George, I'll do this now before uh, I forget because I've been looking forward to going to see uh, Winchester City play Swindon Supermarine tomorrow in the FA Trophy, I think. But uh, I have been in bed for the last three days. I should probably be in bed now. So if I wake up feeling as shit as I do at the moment, I don't think I'm going to be joining you, mate. But I will I will WhatsApp you and let you know what's going on. Anyway, great to hear from you as always. JK. Michael Gibbon. Heritage JK. And in brackets, a little tentative and guess. Nope. Question mark. Nope. Close brackets. Nope. But no. Nope. No, Michael. Just me and the chidster. Um, hello from mostly rainy but upbeat for obvious reasons. South Africa. Yes, the rugby was absolutely fantastic. And the referees could uh, teach those football referees a thing or two. Um I wanted to start off by saying how much I've been enjoying the show recently. Thank you, Michael. The ownership may not give a toss about fans. More on that later. But this show is a great way to actually feel a part of this club. Something I've felt less and less with each ridiculous and borderline contemptuous decision by Clear Lake Capital. So thank you. It's a delight to to be able to get into your lug holes, Michael, via the airwaves. Um, We've been absolutely hopeless for most of the last season and a bit and the recruitment strategy has not been helping. We've had difficulty scoring for some time now, and their solution is to buy a neophyte who's had half a good season in a lesser league. We don't have an elite goalkeeper, so we go with Brighton's third choice. The Kepa loan may have been a surprise, but we still decided to stay with the discount option. We had two realistic choices for captain, a guy who's injured, so off, so often he's basically a theoretical player at this point, or a player who had up until that, that point had played mostly quite well for us, being consistently available and regardless of armband would take on a leadership role. So the obvious move was to sell the latter player, so we only really have one realistic option for captain. Hopefully he's able to play a bit more consistently in the future, any and all players. 
are a downgrade from a fully fit version of James. Absolutely agree, Michael. He's he's really top banana. He just has to stay fit. Uh, all the while buying a few dozen players, most but not all of which look like expensive muggings. I will never endorse the booing of our own players. Nope, none of us do that. But I will say that it's a totally predictable outcome and CC can see what their utter incompetence, that's Clear Lake Capital, will be rewarded with. Uh, this move to stop subsidising the travel of away fans is then another kick in the teeth. I only hope this means some fans will stay away, compromising the product CC have invested in. Add, add to this nonsense of a Christmas Eve game, which isn't CC's fault, but you know they wouldn't have given it a second thought when a commercial reason was provided. And it can be seen that not even the Prem cares at all about fans. This isn't a match day going versus TV watching thing either. I watch on TV, but I've got stuff to do on the 24th. It's a very busy day for many and scheduling in a Chelsea match as well probably won't be feasible for a lot of fans. Hopefully attendances as well as viewership is hopefully attendance as well as viewership is poor for that match as well so that the Prem can see that matches on the 24th are a no-go. With the away, with the with the way CC and the Prem are treating fans, I generally don't think I would bother to watch most of the games if it wasn't for this show specifically. Anyway, I could keep rambling forever, but I feel this message has gone on long enough. Thanks again for the great shows. Keep the blue flag flying high. Kind regards, Michael Gibbon. Thank you, Michael, for your praise of the show. It, it really always touches the cockles, then it chidge of our heart. certainly touching my cockles, mate. Hey, always. Um, um, yeah, say, speak. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, spookily, Michael, um, considering you wrote that a few weeks ago, <clears throat> I've just written my latest piece for CFC UK today. Uh, specifically uh, hammering on about the Christmas Eve fixture, which I think is an abomination, and uh, and also VAR, uh, after my experience at Tottenham, where we had nine VARs, and none of us in the stadium had a scooby what was going on. And I, I think you're right. I think it, it, this, it, this, this actually is a match day uh, thing, a match day uh, going supporter versus TV watching thing. But I think this is general it's not chelsea match going supporter versus armchair supporter this is in in the premier league as a whole because i think the match going supporters are being treated with nothing short of contempt by the premier league and the broadcasters who don't seem to give a fuck uh you know if we're there or not they seem to make it as difficult for us as possible um you know jk before we were going on air was telling me it's, it, there's no train back after the Newcastle game in, in a week's time. Um, he, he won't be able to get back on a train after the United game. you know. And they, these are the fuckers that schedule these matches at this time in full knowledge that there won't be trains. I mean, they don't give a fuck about the, the supporters that go. And, I mean, I know it gets very tetchy when people you know, don't like the fact that they may sit lower down the football food chain than others. I personally have never had a problem with this. I, I think it's basically a sign of people's deep insecurity that they get precious about it. But I'm sorry, if you are a supporter that goes to every match, home and away, you are a much fucking better supporter than I am. I can't... What is wrong with that? You are showing more dedication. You're putting in more... Uh, more money to get there and back and more hours to get there and back and taking time off work to do it. I would do it if I had the money and I could take the time off work, but I don't, and I accept that. I accept that I am not as good a supporter 
as as JK, for example, who does that. And I have many friends who do. Um, and I think, therefore, the people that go to the matches are the most important people involved in the football paradigm. Because without them there, it's just 22 fat fucking blokes kicking a football around. What's the point of that? What is the point? You need a full stadium to make it a football match. And apparently, the broadcasters paid ridiculous amounts of money to show that. So, and Richard Masters and Richard Scooter were both said that, you know, that the, it was the supporters that, that make the product what it is. Well, what a load of hog shit that is when you see how they treat them. You know, so the scheduling of the matches is obscene. It really, really is. And, and I... I and VAR as well, as I said, you know, because the, the the only people who don't have a clue what's going on with the VAR decisions, I would say, are the people that matter the most, the people actually in the bloody stadium who've paid their money to go there. It's it's a disgrace. It really, really is. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding off a bit, but I think this is a real issue. And I think I think ultimately, this is where football's going. It's just going to be it's going to be an entertainment for TV, and that's it. And what's the fucking point of that anyway? I'm going to shut up before I explode. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's my it's my turn after all of that. Never mind. Right, uh, Andrew Davies, classification, public. Can I just say that when we're all long gone and people rake over the memories of the Chelsea fancast as a cultural phenomenon, the Duke of Kids turkey-based anecdote will go down as one of the most memorable moments ever. As it progressed, you expected him to leave out the gory details for our imaginations to fill in the rest. But alas, no. No intricate detail was spared as he just kept going and going. <laughs> Fabulous radio listening. And JK, how we do love you. All the best. And keep the blue flag flying high, Andrew. It's your your Brian Johnson moment, wasn't it? Your Brian Johnson and Jonathan Agnew moment, mate. Well, yes. Yes, I couldn't stop giggling. Um, yes, I, I suppose while I was telling the story, I was thinking which bit shall I leave out? But I thought, well, if I leave that out, people won't really understand the rest of it so uh i was forced to uh as you say add in all the gory details but yeah it, it's it's left a, a gory impression in my head because um the very fact that it well i'm trying to think how long ago it was um george is now nearly 15 so it was about 16 years ago 17 years ago so uh but it's it's still very fresh in the memory Andrew. <laughs> that's why i can tell it so easily because of the madness of it the absolute madness of that as a bloke it's a bloke's thing but bloke having to deal with something so but yeah thank yeah, you it was quite something wasn't it well done andrew thank you for that uh right we're going to go to part two in a sec but before we do that <clears throat> special announcement to make so pin your lug holes back for this one but we've got another chelsea fancast presents live at the troubadour coming up um this one will be after the brighton match on Sunday, the 3rd of December. And it will feature no less than Kerry Dixon and David Speedy. I would say, arguably, Chelsea's greatest ever strike partnership. They scored 160 goals between them in the, wow. in the four seasons they played together. How about that? Wow. Isn't that phenomenal? Yeah, Kerry got 105, Speedo got uh, 55. Uh, and if you were lucky enough to watch them play together, you will you will know that they were brilliant. <clears throat> in in my experience of going to Chelsea, the only two that have come close to that are Hasselbank and Good Johnson, who managed to get fifty between them, I think, in one season. But these guys were superb over four seasons, and we got them both together, the old sparring partners themselves. So, how, what do you think about that, J.K.? Wonderful. 
really looking forward to that blimey it's going to be great yeah i mean the best thing is it'll be after the match so people who come up for the match will have a chance to be able to come along so uh that's what we're hoping anyway because we need a full house for this one tickets as always are 20 quid plus a two quid booking fee i think but basically 20 quid and you can get them from ticket web uh i think it's ticketweb.uk isn't it? i'm just going to check this actually because uh i should really get this right we haven't even put the link up yet yours well we put the link up uh, what we haven't done, actually, I can probably tell you from that because I've got the link up here somewhere. Um, but it's uh, it's so uh, f- f- you know what do they call it? Fresh off the press or whatever. Yeah, it's it's basically www.ticketweb.uk forward slash event forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast blah blah blah. But that'll that'll be enough to get you there. Okay, so we'll just go go to ticketweb.uk and put in troubadour you'll find it that way but i'll i'll put all the information up on all the socials and everything else so that you uh so you know what we're doing but uh, yeah put it in your diary december the third uh, after the brighton match so we'll open the doors from four we'll probably kick off at about half four or five give you a chance to get out of the game uh, and then you can uh relax with a beer or two listening to david speedy Kerry dixon ask them a few questions it will be not one to miss so come along to that okay right uh part two coming up very soon Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and it's the In Off the Post show where we, as JK said earlier, we uh, rummage through a full sack of mail. Well, emails mainly, but there you go. JK, how are you doing? Uh, managing, thanks, Chidge. Yeah, yep. I've been given a rather sweet cup of tea, so uh, I'm uh, yep. I'm happy to uh, to, to continue Good. amidst our Good. Um, uh, slightly uh, difficult. Um, how can we put it? Our medical problems we've both been yeah. having. We're both sick as dogs, basically. We've, we are yeah, basically. We're, we're we're ill. We're we we've come out of our come off our deathbed. 
to do this show. Yeah, so that's that's just a, that's just how that's how dedicated we are to you lot. Because I was croaking. Yeah, I was. Because we couldn't do it on Wednesday night because that's when I said we'd do it. But I, I was in bed feeling very ill. So there you go. Anyway, we're I'm here. Lying now. on the sofa, being very there ill. There you go. Right. Anyway, well, who's up first? Um, Philip Maguire. Hello, Chidgen JK. Hello, Philip. Uh, marvellously entertaining show as usual to cheer me up after the Brentford game. Turkey basters and all. Yes, thank you. I was sitting on the tube when JK started telling his story. I might have had have to refrain myself from listening to the show on public times from, from now on. I nearly wet myself, but then I have an uncertain age. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, is it just me? Have others thought about the odds of being drawn against City in the first rounds of both the Caribou Cup and the FA Cup in the same season as we were last year? Yeah. Absolutely. At the time, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And we thought, I think we mentioned it on the show as it being hot balls or something or some some way of just keeping the club down, putting the club in its place. Because really, I just thought that was bizarre possibilities of that. Anyway, not being a stato myself, he says, I've no idea. But when you keep in mind the early rounds have the most teams, would this not at least hint at these rounds also having the longest odds possible? Indeed. We see that Chelsea are doing rather better than expected, planned in this season's Carabao. So what happens? We draw probably the best team still in the competition. I know what you'll probably say. I don't do conspiracy theories. Well, neither do I. But after the stitch up that Boris let the old bastards die, John Johnson delivered, um, using our club to raise money for the Ukrainian conflict, you have to wonder, at least I do, by the way, that money for Ukraine has yet to actually find its way to said country. Good point. Keep up the best Chelsea chat show by a mile or ten. Phil, a.k.a. Del Horny. P.S. Why Del Horny? I'm a French horn player by trade. (laughs) And new to a fabulous little chat room called the After Hours Football Club. I joined about the same time as when Del Horno joined. I'm always very optimistic about new players joining. So it seemed a no-brainer at the time. Of course, Del Horno never really delivered. Turned out to be one of Jose's lesser buys. Yes, he was in and out. He was in and out, wasn't he, uh, Philip? He, he did uh, give me one of my favourite moments at a Chelsea match by trying to to basically assassinate uh, Leo Messi. Yes. Uh, and missed, of course. I mean, you know, that's the irony. He did try and two-foot him and take his legs out, but Messi jumped out the way and then rolled around like he had connected and got exactly. him sent off. That's fucker. Exactly yeah. But I kind of loved him for that. Del Horney, absolutely. Well, I'm glad we know that. I've always wanted to know why you were called Del Horney, Phil, and now we know. Great stuff. Right. Uh, Chidge, JK, and distinguished guests. This is from Jeff Bossin, by the way. Uh, just wanted to send you a quick email of gratitude to you from Los Angeles. I've been listening for a few years now, and shame on me for just getting to this. Quite, Jeff, quite. Anywho, as a stateside fan of just 10 years, your pod offers so much in terms of history, knowledge, and much-needed perspective for us Yanks. Oh, thank you, Jeff. That's uh, very nice of you to say. Uh, But perhaps more than all of your collective wisdom, I think it also just makes us lonely US Chelsea fans feel a part of the gang, so to speak. I do hope so. That is our intention. Also, your humour, or or is humour... Friendly banter, mispronunciation of players' names, knowingly and unknowingly, mainly unknowingly, I have to say, Jeff. Moises! He's used an example. <laughs> Moises! Moises is knowing, that's knowingly. That's, that's knowingly. knowingly. And general silliness is what keeps me coming back for more every week. Yes, I think we, 
we do like a bit of general silliness, that's true. Incidentally, your catchphrases have also become a source of great hilarity to me and my soccer-playing kiddos. <laughs> a fave is, can't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. <laughs> like it. Like it. Yes. Here's another one. I don't know if you, you might have heard this one. Does a bear shit in the woods? Does, Does the Pope shit in the woods? I don't know. Like, you're not allowed to better not go all religious. You get people writing in. True, it's true. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pope spelt um, uh, B-E-A-R. He's talking about Nick Pope, the goalkeeper. I was, yeah. Does Nick Pope shit in the woods when he's not playing very well? Because he is at the moment. No, but that isn't a saying. Does a bear shit in the woods is a saying. We've, I'm sure we've got loads more of those, Jeff. I, I, I see it as our mission to introduce the American to the English vernacular. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on and on, but I'll wrap things up by saying I will make it to the cock one day and introduce myself while handing you a Guinness. Until then, Jeff Bossin, Culver City, California. Jeff, I, I look forward to that moment and uh, I hope to beat you to it by having a pint of Guinness ready for you when you arrive, because that's only fair. All the all the lovely listening of us that you've done over the years. So what a lovely email. Thank you. What a great email. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Well, but that's what we love, though, Chidge, don't we? We love the fact that that we're we're giving a window into the game and the way we the way we look at it is then transmitted to somebody who who finds it a means of of understanding what's going on in our weird little minds um understanding what's going on on the pitch and uh, and how we view it and clearly it it our perspective although silly and slightly weird rings a bell here and there so fantastic yes is it jeff bossin or bossin 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 okay cool for no, city no, no idea no me neither me neither <laughs> because poussin is the french for um uh, a bird in it. It's a it's a poussin, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Murray, dearest Stanford Chidge and Duke of Kid, do 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 Duke of Kid. Hope you're both well. Just emailing in to let you know how my night at the bridge went against Blackburn. I like this. See, we're moving slowly through the gears, aren't we? With um with teams. Uh, oh, mighty, this was before Brentford, wasn't it? Um, me and my dad got to Fulham Road about five thirty. My dad got his 13 quid fish and chips. Got getting more and more expensive, isn't it? That's fish and chips. Mental. And the right fact that's that's cheaper. There's a one up the road for me, 17 pounds 50. Um, and I got he got his 10 pound burger. Okay. Unfortunately, I did not bump into any fan cast members, but I did bump into two people I didn't think I would. First of all, I meet the greatest number nine Chelsea I've ever had in Kerry Dixon. I said hello, asked if there was any chance he could chuck on the number nine shirt. He just laughed at me. He, uh, and said, if only, as he was walking off, I told him to say hello to Chidge for me. And secondly, we were standing by the underground car park. Who was to walk past? One of Chelsea's best pundits in Ben Andrews. Me and my dad had a good 15 minutes conversation with him. I must say he knows his onions about Chelsea. We were talking about everything from recent to past when we had players like Viali, Zola, Di Matteo to what we have now. But go back to the 90s. They was coming from an Italian league that was better than the Prem at the time. I also mentioned him. I see some transfer arse gravy about a swap deal for Lukaku to go to Roma and Abraham to come home to Chelsea. Ben also said that him and Cundy are the last of a dying breed from the old regime. People from accounts, um, people fr from accounts to our had all changed. What's HR. 
Oh, people from accounts to HR. Of course, human resources, I'm also sorry, had all changed. Also asked why Chelsea got rid of we Pat, said he hadn't really spoken to Pat, but knew Pat was not happy with the situation. Intriguing. Uh, now we may wake our, we know why. Now we may wake our way into the ground. We were. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why? Why? What? Why Pat had left the yeah, club? Yeah. Well, uh, they, they recently left the club. Yeah. I thought. I thought met the club originally. No, no, no. He used to do a <laughs> weekly column. Why he's left from? He doesn't do the program anymore. Well, they, yeah, I don't. They, I don't know. I about think they that. told him yeah. to jog on. Yeah. Well, I think they just cut down the, the the idea was to have very little of the program, wasn't it? So and and still yeah, he's writing on the website. The same pra- is he on the website? Still? He was writing. No, no, he was writing on the. He's website. gone from that as well. Oh, I didn't know he was writing in the program because I haven't bought a program for I, years. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought he had contributed. Somebody told me if he wasn't. I thought he was doing that as well. But no, but I, I, I that that had stopped. I know because um, the the program has just slimmed down to practically nothing. That's the the point. They're still charging four quid, and it's it's got rid of a la- large number of the uh, the the selling points really that were in it before. But anyway, um, no, I've no idea about the current situation. No, I thought he was talking about why uh, originally Pat left to go to Everton. Um, anyway, now we make our way into the ground. We're sitting East Upper again, not far from where we were last time against Wimbledon. And while the light show is really something special, but what happened to the blue lights they used to use? Compared to last time when we went against Wimbledon, it was rocking well for at least the first 10 minutes. Then it went to fans moaning and groaning. Sterling even got called a Gareth. (laughs) But to be fair, he did play like one in the first half. We all said he did. I agree. I even got it. Then in the second half, he actually turned it around a bit. I even got a who are you chant started in the East Upper when we scored our first goal. And like Chidge says, it's good when you start a song it or a is. chart. It's, it's lovely. It's fantastic. I agree. Um, I've, I've only done it once. Then when we scored our second goal, it started kicking off between the Blackburn fans and our fans right in the corner where the shed meets the East Stand. Our fans went down towards the Blackburn fans pretending to wank their cops <laughs> and say, I fucked your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Real class for the East Upper would never get that from the East Middle, would you? Uh-huh. No. Funnily enough, but no. Um, <laughs> oh, it's made my evening. Well done, Michael. Yeah. Uh, then this Blackburn fan kept showing an Arsenal badge on his phone to us Chelsea fans. I couldn't quite understand what he was trying to achieve because we all know London is blue and Arsenal have got nothing on us in the last 20 years. Two European Cups just to start. Then there was this one bloke who just kept saying celery, 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 as if it was his own chant, but didn't know the rest of the words. Must be a new fan since Bowley took over. On the way out, I got called a Chelsea rent boy and a, and a Gareth to us from the fan cast. So I told him to fuck off you, Gareth. Why do they <laughs> opposing fans out at the same time? It's asking for trouble and intimidation. Felt bad for the parents with young children. Just a little bit on the game. Reese played a lot better. Looked like he's getting back to the player he can be. There was one point he looked like he wanted to sprint then just did a fast jog. I think I remember that. I remember saying, yes, it's uh, it was a sprint. It's turned into something else now. It's like he limp, limped a bit, a limping sprint. Um, I don't think he trusts his body fully. No, we've been saying that. I think he's slowly improving. He was much, much better with his body against with his body. Sounds as if I know what I'm talking about. He looked much, he, he looked more fluid and, and seemed to take more chances against um, City. Um, anyway, listen, I listened to JK's fan bite after the game. He pretty much said the same. I did, exactly. I'm reiterating. Um, the last player I want to talk about is Palmer. Wow, what a player he is. Like Robin Hazard and Joe Cole before him gets you out of your seat. I agree. 
If we're going to get another player like Hazard, I think it'll be Palmer, just brilliant. He's also come from a team of the winning mentality. And lastly, me and my dad are hoping to get tickets for the Newcastle Cup game. I wanted to ask, do any of you know if the West Ham upper seating is wider and more comfortable or even available anymore? As my dad said, he thinks those seats are better. And I hate having crushed bollocks. Yes, all of us hate having crushed bollocks, Michael. Um, my dad said years ago, he sat up the top of the West Stand. There was much more room and the seats were comfy. That's interesting. I can't remember that. I don't think I've ever been at the top of the West Stand. Uh, yes. Yes. They, they, yeah, they, I, think, I think generally they are. Because most of it is now this horrible West View thing where they, they charge you an extortionate amount to sit there, Michael. So you probably have to pay a fair bit of moolah for that if you want to sit there. But, you know knock yourself it out it says here the chelsea website just seems to want to promote the eating facilities exactly and the fact the cheese bar will be available at the end of the game for fuck's sake yeah exactly so yes you know. yeah <clears throat> maybe you can't but um i i just i also find the that whole dugout place just so bizarre isn't it they seem to attract um it seems to work it seems to be full every time the dugout club whatever it's called but it's a very it's limited. I don't know where. Do you know where they go for the dugout club, Chidge? Where they what? T bar. The, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. T bar for hospitality. <clears throat> I think. All the best up the chills, Michael LeBeuf Murray. Indeed. Good great. mail. Great mail as always, Michael. Good stuff, mate. Terrific. Yeah. Lovely. Always nice to hear from you, Michael. And and I'm sorry you didn't meet any of us. Lot. You know, as you know, I can't do midweek matches because I work in the week, and it's just too difficult to. I can't really cancel my clients. It just doesn't work like that. Blah, 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 blah. You've heard me say it all the time. Uh, and everybody else is a bit potluck. You see, if you're working, you know, you might actually not make the pub in time. So uh, it's 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 not a good time to meet us a lot, I'm afraid. Um, so there we go. Apologies. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you make it to a Saturday match, Sunday match, I'll certainly see you for a pint. Right. Jenny Matthews. <clears throat> Greetings and salutations to the mighty Chidge. His Grace the Duke of Kidd and distinguished guests, if applicable. I am exceedingly late to the podcast party, having discovered it via, J- via JK's brilliant fan bites at the start of the There we go, JK. I finally owe you some commission. <laughs> he's, he's brought us one listener through his uh, fan, fan bite. He's actually brought more than that, I'm sure of it. Anyway, my Chelsea bestie, Caroline, and I listened and compared notes, and I thought it time to brave an email. I became a true blue supporter in 1990. I was 14. Our whole family is football mad, but we also love a good rivalry. Mum is a diehard Derby County fan, these being our local team. Dad, however, is a diehard Man United idiot. I mean, supporter. The family also has a random mix of Forest, West Brom and Owls fans. There was only one rule when picking your team. Never support dirty leads. Quite right. That's a rule that should be widely... Uh, widely enforced, I believe. We all like Leeds and Leeds exactly. and we all like Leeds and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds and Leeds. We all fucking hate Leeds and Leeds. Exactly. Dad was trying to recruit me to go to the Man United way. He'd already converted my sister with his Jedi mind trick, though we think he overregged it, uh, as by the mid 90s she was saying things like, I really fancy Gary Neville. Determined to follow the tradition and go my own way and to annoy my dad, the most of the team needed to be in blue and be London based. Chelsea had just signed Dennis Wise. I heard of him, therefore he must be good. Their home ground was even the same name as a famous Anglo-Saxon battle. No other team had that. Chelsea was the team for me. 
I didn't get to the bridge until the mid-90s. Up until then, I'd been collecting past programmes to learn as much about the club as possible. Grandad was a mine of information. He'd always enjoyed watching Derby play them and enjoyed telling all about the 60s and 70s players. Ian Hutchison was his favourite as he came from Derbyshire and is, in fact, buried in my parents' local church. I finally got to the bridge when I was 19 for Paul Elliott's benefit game. Utterly loved it. The atmosphere, the ground, everything. I even got David Lee's autograph. He was hilarious. I made regular pilgrimages to see matches over the next few years. Tromso in the European Cup Winners Cup was especially magical. Jenny, uh, uh, Jenny, hello. You went, you were away in Tromso? Did I read that right? Bloody hell. If you were away in Tromso, that is a massive feather in your cap. So if if it was, you'd have to write back and confirm. I mean, if you made it down for the home game, fair dues. But that away match goes down in legend. One of the few I regret not going to. Uh, anyway, sadly, life issues, mortgages and the extortionate rip-off that is rail travel meant my trips became less and less just as my beloved Chelsea entered its golden age in the mid-2000s. My last visit prior to this year was on my 30th birthday where we gloriously beat Spurs, obviously. Then this year, I had the opportunity to return with my good friend Caroline, who is not from Maryland. I put that in purely for JK to say... Maryland. Exactly. Treated me to a trip. Uh, Caroline and I became friends online by being fans of the same TV show, and we soon found out we shared a love of Chelsea. And I've since enjoyed regularly messaging during games or keeping the other updated with news we have our own player nicknames although often we use we just use jk's as they're funnier thank you very much thank you the chance to meet up with caroline excuse me the chance to meet up with caroline at the bridge was special not just to have a face-to-face conversation or even because it was long since i'd been but because this was the first time i would get to share chelsea sorry share going to chelsea with a friend I had always been on my own until this visit. The bridge has changed a lot, and most of it for the better. The atmosphere was as good as I remembered, even though we lost to Villa. Seeing the emotion on Caroline's face when we saw the pitch for the first time was an absolute joy, and to sit and have a beer and talk football with a fellow fan was brilliant. Both of us agreed that this team was miles better than the previous group that downed tools, and if they all meet the potential, could grow into something great. OK, probably not Jackson. (laughs) <laughs> Jackson is a big disappointment. Instead of a goal scorer, we have someone uh, that runs about pulling their shorts up so they <laughs> so that they look like a toddler needing a wee. <laughs> oh, brilliant. He dithers more than Gillette does, which must be a record, and hence why we call him Dither and Dither Jr. Sterling infuriates me. We keep being told what a fantastic player he is, but where is that player? So far, he's only shown form against lower league teams and disappears in the big game fixtures. We're also told he's a leader. But if so, why, with both the captain and vice-captain out, wasn't he given the armband? As a fan, you always want the players to do well, but the more I see of him, the more I think my sister is right, and he's a plant by Man City to ruin us. Her evidence for for um, for this is we've only been, uh, only been as shite as we are since his arrival. I remain optimistic we will get better this season especially if we solve the striker problem in January though the prospect of Tony coming in worries me a bit Greville describing him as a fuckwit and the fact (laughs) and the fact he bet against his own side to lose isn't exactly a confidence builder anyway enough of my meandering waffle I shall end this by simply saying thanks to the fancast team for doing a brilliant job of making me feel part of the Chelsea family and thanks to Caroline for a wonderful two days in London one last quick question 
Is Alex on the injury list? We haven't... Oh, we haven't heard from her for so long. So that Alex. Is Alex on the injury list? We haven't heard from her for so long. Keep the blue flag flying high and up the Chels. Best wishes, Jenny from Derby. Jenny, what a what a brilliant email and how lovely to hear from you. And I, I, I think you're... I know which Caroline you're referring to who's become a, a good friend of ours over the, the last... Uh, for however long it is, really. Um, you must let me know next time you're coming down to the bridge. It'd be lovely to meet up with you and say hello and to say thank you personally. Um, Alex. Yeah, Alex is basically, um, you know, unless JK knows something I don't, but she is incredibly busy at the moment. She's uh, uh, She has a career as a historian, which she's really having a big go at. And uh, she just seems to be busy doing events, on, on doing tours. Uh, you know, I think it's where she's making her money. Change. Yeah, I think exactly. You know. to, to use her her celebrity because yeah. she's written some really good, really good his, his historical books. She she yeah. gave me one which was um a kind of kids version of, of Origins of the First World War, which was completely brilliant. I gave it to my my daughter Georgia, and um, it, it it's just so clever and so beautifully written. She's a very um, talented woman, and. Uh, um rightly so is 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 using this talent in a in an excellent way and just having as realized she has to keep pushing and and uh and, and i think a slightly uh sexist world unfortunately that she's encountered um and also it's um lots of people seem to steal everybody's uh research so she has to be very careful and be has to keep one ahead so i think we're we're that's why she hasn't been available for the uh uh, for the fan cast because she's so busy and as you say Chid, she keeps doing these um uh tours of uh battle sites that she knows a lot about which is once again um uh, a money earner so she's she's just making a living essentially i just think it's 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 occurred it's just a um, a shame for the fan cast but excellent for her because she's a very talented woman indeed she is so. indeed and we love her to pieces and we do miss yeah. her um, she's always welcome whenever she wants to come on the show. So honestly, we'll we'll get her back on some stage, Jenny. Don't you worry about that. But uh, I mean, actually, talking of war tours, which is what she does. I mean, if you want to see Alex, then uh, come along to uh, the uh, the tours that she organises. She's doing another one in the summer, which is kind of labelled as a Chelsea fancast tour, which it kind of is. It's 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 a tour around Ypres and the Somme for uh, to cover a lot of the footballers that went and fought in the footballer battalion. Uh, and uh, we did it a couple of years ago, and it was absolutely brilliant. She's doing it again on the 21st to the 24th of June, 2024. Uh, if you want to... I mean, we're all going, so, you know, that, that's that's probably a good reason not to. No, I'm joking. Anyway, if you want to know more, go to historiatravel.org, I-S-T-O-R-I-A dot org. It'll have all the details on there. But uh, now we'll get her back on sometime. Don't worry about that, Jenny, because she's really special and, and she makes this show brilliant whenever she's been on it. And we love her to pieces, as you know and can tell. So there we go. But anyway, thanks, Jenny. Lovely to hear from you. Uh, this is from um, Anon, it says. No, it's Philip Smith. Uh, but it's Philip Smith. That was his first mistake. Yeah, that was the first mistake he made. Yeah. Signing it in on when you email it with your name on it. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> and then he says, and, and he's very rude about me. So listen, listen, everybody, listen very closely. He's put, oh, my fucking God, he's put. Okay. Will Jonathan ever stop being negative? If he has the answers all the time, then become manager. Well, I'd love to on that money. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> I don't mind constructive criticism. He's put, spelt it crisis, crisis, criticism, which, which is how you'd maybe, say criticism. Maybe it's crisis M. Crisis M. It's how you'd say criticism if you were slightly pissed. 
criticism. If you're slightly pissed, criticism, C-R-I-S-I-S-M. I think he means criticism. I don't mind constructive criticism, but he's just being, he is just negative all the time. Anon. Yes, Philip. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I don't really agree with you. Um, uh, I think you're pissed. And, um, and uh, because I'm not negative all the time at all. I'm just... Um, uh, I'm 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 critical because I watch football all the time and I know how the team should play. Um, and constructive, I agree. Constructive, I try to give constructive criticism. Um, and I don't think I'm negative all the time. Look at the fan bites. I just despair when we're shit, which is fair enough. But um, if we're good, as we were against Spurs, and if we're good as we were against City, I'm, you know, I'm I'm very positive. So um, uh, uh, I think your email's bollocks, mate. <laughs> There we go, Philip. I I think uh, I think he can be negative, but you see, I've known J.K. a long time, and we've often had this row, me and J.K. together. Actually, that uh, he he has very high expectations, and this is what I don't understand about him because he, you know he he's been going even longer than me, so he's been as seen as being more shit than I have. So I can't understand that. Um, but I think it's. Be- and I know him. I know him very well. I know him like I would know a brother, and uh, I know he's a perfectionist in everything he does, and he can't tolerate anything less than the best. So if he's walked away from that stadium and we've been a big heaping pile of shit, he cannot stop himself. And I, he's, the thing you don't realise, Philip, I can see him while I'm doing the show, and 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 I just let him go on, you know, and he just kind of gets himself into a bigger and bigger and bigger negative hole. But actually, the reality is, when we're brilliant, when we play well, he's the first to say we've been brilliant and he's played well. I mean, JK is one of extremes. Either we're complete and utter total shit, or we're the best best team in the world ever. There is no middle ground with JK. Am I right, or am I right? Well, I think it's only fair to say, you know, Cucurella was shit last year, but he's played well exactly. this year, and I've exactly. said he was good. No, Sterling was completely dreadful last year, and I wanted him on his bike, and he's playing better and better and better all the time. So, uh you know, I'm I'm not being negative about them. I've got criticisms to make of the team. Even you know, defensively, we made some errors last week, but I think we're on the road back. And I think, uh, um, as you're absolutely correct to say, that we've had 20 years of of excellence, and we want to maintain that. And we had a year of complete idiocy with a man who would would have done dreadfully managing little. So, you know, let's um let's uh, observe the the growth of the team at the moment, but not presume everything's going to be wonderful. I mean, I, I'd love to say constructive criticism, but if somebody plays dreadfully, how are you going to be cons- constructive about them? You know, I'd rather say, yeah, there were some moments that were good, but most of the time, like Jackson, um, at the moment, my I'm bewildered because for somebody who we've been so rude about and who looks to have very little talent, he's now scored five goals. And um, all the players who we hated before, uh, who were dreadful purchases, never other than Morata scored a few, never scored. So at least, you know, you have to say, well, Jackson's beginning to score. So um, the jury is slightly out and let's see how he plays with Nkunku. But it wouldn't, uh, Nkunku, it wouldn't surprise me if um, in January they buy a uh, a really high profile um, under 25 striker. I don't know how they're going to do that, George. Oh. Where, where can you find somebody under you 25 won't. You won't. with the experience? But let's see, but let's see. But no, I, I'm... I'm, um, you know, what you see is what you get, Philip. You know, on oh, no, anon. I'm sorry. What you see, <laughs> you get. Oh well, Philip. I, I hope he hasn't put you off listening to the show. That's all I can say. 
he has his good points. He does, honestly. He, he he's very lovable, really, honestly. Really, I am, no, he yeah. is really. He's a very nice person, well, really. Well, really, yeah. There we go. Anyway, yeah. right. Final email of this week uh, from Stephen Adams. Hello, Chidge and J.K. Love the pod. I'm relatively new to the pod, probably about a year into listening. I love the fact that you are proper football fans. You can feel that just by listening to what you have to say. Sometimes, uh, just recently, I'm at a loss for words. I've been going to the bridge with my dad for 33 years, and I've had my season ticket in the Matthew Harding lower for now 15 years. We as Chelsea fans have most definitely been spoilt in recent years. We've won it all. The struggle I have now is money talks. These players couldn't care less if we win 5-0 or lose 5-0. They still get paid. I watched as Brentford scored their their first last week and I saw Rhyme Sterling simply stop and stand still as Cucurella got done for the cross. If you're not playing well, then the very least you should see is 100% effort always. We're now playing Christmas Eve just for TV rights. Again, this is all for money. Nobody cares about the everyday fan, and I'm convinced we'll still sell out Molyneux. I appreciate that the club have big plans for the future. We've signed some apparent very talented players, but why, oh why, have we forgotten about today? We have no striker to lead the line. This feels like a story that's been told for four or five years now. Please make it make sense. I love this club. I sometimes just don't like this club. Like I say, money talks. Maybe if these players had to earn their money, we would see an upturn in our fortunes. For me, I just don't think they care. We care, and we're the ones that suffer. I write this a day before we play Spurs, and for the first time in my lifetime, I can only see a comfortable Spurs victory. If that is the case, those players selected still won't care and will still be suffering. Where do we go from here? Up the Chelsea. And let's beat Spurs tomorrow and put some fight in. Cheers, Stephen. Well, I'm delighted to report, Stephen, that we did beat Spurs and we definitely put some fight in. And then a, a week later, we then went toe-to-toe with Man City and with a better side. So it's a strange game. Or in fact, as uh, Jimmy Greaves once said a long time ago, football, it's a funny old game. It certainly is, JK, isn't it? I think you're supposed to be funny old game saint. Sorry. Funny old game saint. Speaking to Ian St. John, as he was at the time. Yes. What a couple of marvellous presenters. They they were were brilliant, man. I mean, they were so ahead of their time, if you think about it. Yeah. Ahead of their time. Ahead of their time. Brilliant programme. Very naughty as well, because Jimmy Greaves had a very naughty sense of humour. They got away with a lot. You know, they got away with a lot. Bless them. So yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, this, this week's proved it. I mean, all the doom and gloom. Basically, these these tranche of emails were all around Brentford, I think, and uh, it was all doom and gloom. And now we know, with the benefit of hindsight, that it's a complete turnaround. I mean, it's it's mad football, absolutely. And mad. yet, um, and yet, indeed, as they've all the, the males have been saying, if uh, it's now going to be, how do we do against a team that plays a low block? Because yeah. they were the teams that we struggled against. I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? The teams that we thought, well we'll probably put to the sword because we're better than we did badly against. And the teams that we thought we'd struggle against, which are the top teams above us, we've done well against, which is uh, quite yeah. revealing, really. You know, I still think that I'm going to sneeze. Hang on. Oh, God, am I? Well, I might not. I can feel I'm brewing. But uh, I think... Shall I sing in the gap? One no, no, no. I think uh, Poch needs to take a lot of credit for that Man City uh, draw. Because he did some seriously good setting up. He got into their heads. He got them to do exactly what he needed them to do. And he got the, got them to buy into it. 
and he got them to be brave. So I think that's, I think from a tactical and a coaching point of view, that's the best performance I've seen, you know, for a long time, possibly since Tuchel beat them actually in the, in the Champions League, because that was a tactical masterstroke. I mean, I know, I I mean, even, even if you go to the extent of uh, Pep choosing a slightly weaker team, because I think Tuchel got into his head before the match. But I think I think Tuchel played a master trope that game. But yeah. Pochettino, I'd say, was even better actually last week against City because that was that was. I mean, you know, I didn't know they had it in them to play like that. It was the the non-stop energy and yeah. the, uh, the the brilliant passing was just, um, yeah. and also the the out of this world performance from Sterling and Palmer, of course. Yeah. Is... Well, and the forward momentum, you know, just yeah. getting it forward quick. It was a superb performance. And I suspect, actually, uh, on Monday, which is when we will be back, we will have more of that because uh, we've got about another 13 emails to read out and uh, that'll take us right up to date. So I would imagine that some of them will certainly be covering the Spurs and the City game. So uh, I will certainly be looking forward to that, as will you, no doubt, JK? Yeah, looking forward to it, loving it. Good oh. Right, now if you want your email, uh, Patreon, Instagram, post, tweet or whatever read out on the show, then let me have them as soon as you can. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, I'm at Stanford Chiz. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Uh, Jonathan, great to see you as always. I hope you feel better soon. Thank you. I hope you feel better soon. Thank you very much. Um, and on that basis, I will see you on Monday as I will for everybody else. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Yeah, How are you, blue boy? Get it in there. Come on, pick it up. Come on, yeah. Let them It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 